Thank you. Good morning, New Hope. It is great to be back with you again this morning. Um, we were trying to remember, we came in this morning and we're like, we, we've been in this building, I think, twice. We were here on the very first Sunday that you guys celebrated uh, moving into this building. And then we were here somewhere in the middle of COVID. I don't know if you're like me, like you kind of lose track of time during COVID. Like, you know, the other day I said, like, I think it was about six months ago. And then I'm like, nah, it was before COVID. It was probably like two and a half years ago because like somewhere we lost track, but somewhere in the midst of COVID, and I don't remember exactly why, but we were here and uh, worship with you. I don't think I've actually preached in this building. I preached in the, the other building over on the gorge a number of times, but it's always great to be with you. And it's one of those churches that every time we come, uh, just such a warm, uh, friendly welcome, uh, even before Luke put the mic on and stuff like that. And you guys, you know, knew that I was the speaker, like everybody was, was friendly. And so many people, you know, recognized us even as we were coming in and uh, welcomed us back this morning. So it's just always great to to be with you, to worship with you, and um, specifically uh, on the occasions like today where we're able to share an update uh, about our ministry, and also um, I'll be bringing a, a sermon from the Word of God this morning. But for those of you who may not know, because I know a lot of you know um, who we are, my, my wife Laurel uh, and I, um, we have served uh, with Crew Campus Crusade for Christ uh, for about 10 years now. Uh, this church has faithfully supported us over uh, most of that uh, time. Todd and I have actually known each other about 35 years. Um, we're about 35. Well, actually, we're older than that, but we've known each other 35 years. Um, we'll let you do the math, figure out how old we were when we met. But uh, anyway, uh, your church has faithfully supported our ministry, and uh, we're just so grateful uh, for Pastor Todd and Becky and for this church uh, in your, your faithful uh, financial support, your prayers uh, for our ministry. So I want to give you just a brief update uh, this morning about some ministry things, and then uh, we'll go and look at the Word of God uh, together this morning as well. So we've done uh, marriage ministry specifically through crew and family life. Uh, we joined staff in 2011, and we've been serving uh, full-time once we completed our initial support since 2013. And um, we, we've done a lot of different marriage ministry things and a lot of different uh, things like that, primarily focused at strengthening marriages and families, making God the center uh, of the home. We've done parenting ministry, so a lot of things along with that. And as most of you who've been around for a little while and have heard us share before, you will know uh, that in 2017, uh, God began to... Uh, sort of detour us a little bit into a, a little different area of ministry specifically, and that was ministering to uh, people who are in prison, specifically one spouse is incarcerated. We began in 2017 to go into prison and to lead uh, marriage events to help married couples and strengthen marriages uh, in there. And at the time God first opened that door, we kind of thought that is like the craziest, most unthinkable thing, you know, to even do. We weren't even sure that it was possible. The person who first asked us, we kind of laughed and walked away and talked about like that person's like a little off their rocker, I think, to even think that you could do that. Uh, but we went in in 2017, did the first event, um, have just been, I guess, hooked ever since um, to, to do that specific type of ministry. So, so we did, you know, a handful more events in 18 and 19. And then in the beginning of 2020, specifically uh, the, I think, February of 2020, we transitioned to an assignment that would allow us to invest the majority of our time actually doing prison ministry and going into prisons to do marriage events. And we came onto 
the prison team of crew. There's a prison ministry of crew. There's only 10 people who currently serve on that team uh, from Florida to Arizona to Wisconsin to Ohio. Uh, there's 10 of us who have a passion to go into prisons as our full-time ministry and do that ministry. Well, that was February of 20. Some of you will recall that COVID kind of like stopped the world in its tracks uh, pretty much in March of 20. Uh, so right when we accepted that assignment, we were thinking maybe 20 to 30 marriage events in prisons that year, and we kind of got stopped in our tracks. Now, the good news was in January, February, and even early March, there were 10 events that took place in prison in 2020. So it was the most, um, uh, the greatest number of events to ever take place was in 2020 still. Uh, we, ho- we hope to um, exceed that you know, very shortly as we're getting up and going again. But we were locked out of prison for almost two years. It was a very difficult Period. And for those of you who have a passion and you love to do something and you're told for whatever period of time that you can't do it, uh, you know how you really uh, just miss that and desire until you can be back in. So it wasn't until March 5th of this year that we were allowed back in prison and the rest of our team was kind of getting in, many before us, one or two after us, but we were all getting back into prison and beginning uh, to get ministry up and going again once we were allowed to go inside. So in March we did an event in April. We did uh, actually two events in one weekend, uh, which was the first time ever. That was a lot of fun. But the events are normally kind of a nine to five, about an eight hour event, usually on a Saturday. That particular weekend in April, we did a a Saturday event. And then we went in again on Sunday at a different prison, did another event. And um, I don't know if it was just because we were allowed back in. I don't think it was just that. But we, we would look back at those two events in April and probably say those were the two greatest events that we've done out of the, I think it's 22 uh, marriage events that have taken place all together now in prison since 2017. Um, Those two events we still look back on, just some of the conversations we had, uh, some of the people that we met or revisited with. We had met several of the couples before. We've done a couple of events at that particular prison at Grafton. And some of the the stories that unfolded, some of the follow-up conversations that we had with people, just amazing how God um, has been at work there. I want to tell you just about one, uh, and we'll, we'll call this individual Jarrell. That's not his, uh, his real name, but uh, to protect the innocent or maybe the not innocent, because he is in prison, so he's not exactly innocent, but uh, to protect uh, him a little bit, we'll call him Jarrell. And we sat down with Jarrell, and we got to talk to him at that um, event. And, and, of course, we recognized him from an event that we had done there a few years prior, but he began to tell us the impact that the event that we did about three years ago had had on him at that point. Uh, at that particular point, he was dating and engaged to an individual that they had known each other. Um, they were actually high school sweethearts. And um, at that point in his life, he was incarcerated and they had um, kind of connected and began communicating again and they were engaged and they had come to our event uh, three years ago. And he began to tell us the impact that that event had had, uh, the impact that the gospel message of Christ had had on him. And specifically at that event, we had taken in a couple with us who had been married 60 years. Um, They were 79 or 80 years old at the time of the event. And they went in with us and they were able to share a little bit just about their marriage and about, you know, how, how it is that you make it 60 years married. And it's not just, you know, good luck and riding off in the sunset. I mean, they had had some difficult times um, throughout their lives and marriage, but they shared about how God had made a difference and, and how he had helped them to, um, to really pursue and, and be married and have a passion for him and for each other over that whole time. And this couple said that completely rocked our world that day. And we kind of looked at each other and said, if we're going to be married one day and, and do this, like, you know, we need to be following what, what this couple up here who's proven that this is true, you know, what they did. So they were asking us at this event, you know, how is that couple doing? 
So we caught him up a little bit on our friends Doug and Joe, who've now been married 62 years, I think, and um, told him more about that. But anyway, so as soon as we got out of prison, because you can't have your cell phone in prison, and they didn't give us one phone call in there. So as soon as we got out, that was our first phone call was to Doug and Joe to say, uh, several couples ask about you guys, but this one particular couple shared that you guys had impacted them so deeply. The cool thing was that they had actually gotten married on Thursday. We're doing this event on Saturday. They got married on Thursday, two days prior. This was their honeymoon to attend this marriage event together uh, in the prison. He's, he's getting out in the next year or so, and they're looking forward to him being back on the outside. But just to, share his, uh, to hear his story, to hear him share... Um, not just how God had impacted his life, but how he had used our ministry to do that. And, and a lot of other conversations as well. Because sometimes you go in and you do events and you're wondering, well, I wonder what happens, you know, six months or a year or three years or five or ten years later. So it was really cool now that we're getting enough history of this ministry to go back in and meet a couple that says, you know, three years ago you guys came. This is the difference that made. This is why we're here today. This is why five or ten years from now we see ourselves being a different place than we would have been had you guys not come in here and, and done what you had done. And had an 80-year-old couple not volunteered to go in with us. Because they were, like, he, he was willing. His wife was more than a little bit hesitant to go in. Um, but after she went in, she, she said, you know, anytime you guys are going in and need help, we would be happy to go with you. So then to hear the difference that, that their willingness to just go and serve uh, inside a prison had made, um, you know, they were, they were really grateful for that. Um, so one of the things that God has brought back to our attention over and over and over as we've done ministry in prison is that the reality that we have all failed and we have all made mistakes, uh, but God is a God of hope. God is a God of redemption, and he has great plans to use each and every one of us uh, for his purposes. And, and our, our sin is great, but God's grace is greater. And we sang about that this morning in several of the songs, God, God's grace is greater. That's what I've entitled our sermon that we'll get to in just a minute this morning. But there were two videos that I debated showing you this morning, and I kind of I walked in planning to show one video, but like in the back of my mind kind of going, ah, I really kind of feel like maybe I should show the other one. And so we debated back and forth and we went ahead and load up, load up the first one. But the whole time I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe it's the second one. And I didn't have necessarily have time for both. So then you guys sang the song, Holy Water this morning, which is the song that's in the other video that I kept thinking, I just kind of feel like maybe I should show that one. So anyway, we, we had a little trouble locating, couldn't find it on our our uh, thumb drive that we brought, and so then we looked it up on YouTube, and we couldn't find it there, and I'm like, man, I know it's there. So anyway, we finally found it, and they've queued that up. I, I want you to watch this video this morning, and as we sang that song, and just the, the worshipful time that that was, and what that means to us, but I want you to watch this video again in light of prisoners, and, and get a glimpse of what this means to them. So this, just to set this up a little bit, and explain to you what this video is, this video was sent to us a couple of months ago. Um, one of the early things that we did in our ministry, we, we've been doing some prison ministry for almost the 10 years we've been on staff, but it was kind of a, just a side thing that we did a little bit, and then we were kind of doing our main thing. Now it's shifted, and prison is the main thing that we do, and then we do you know, a little bit of other marriage stuff as well here throughout the Akron Kent area. But, so this video, um, these guys that are being baptized in this video are guys who have been through the Stepping Up study for men that we've used in prisons all across the country, specifically prisons in Ohio have run stepping up in every single prison continuously for about the last five or six years. Other than during COVID, they shut groups down. They're all back up and going now, but small groups of men meet together 
and learn what it means to be a godly man of courage to follow God's plan for their life. So the guys that you see have not only been through the stepping up study, but they've committed their lives to Christ because of that study, and they're being baptized uh, in this video that has that song behind it. And at the end of it, you'll see some numbers flash up. It'll show you um, how many guys have been through the stepping up study just at this specific location, the Lopez uh, State Jail, how many guys have been through the study, and then how many guys have accepted Christ and been baptized because of the study. So at the very end, you'll see those numbers come up. And it kind of says it, but it's quick. And just so you realize what those numbers uh, represent. So if you'll go ahead and roll this video and kind of process this song again that we sang this morning, but through, through their eyes to understand uh, what this means to them. So that, um, that represents just one prison out of hundreds of prisons where ministry uh, takes place and where lives are changed. And so again, this morning, as you'll hear me say several more times during our sermon, our sin is great, but God's grace is greater. And that's what we celebrate this morning. Um, I want us to turn this morning to uh, the book of Mark uh, in, your, in your Bible or on your digital device. Um, I'll actually be reading this morning from the, the ESV, the English Standard Version. So if you're on a digital device, you can choose that one. If you've, if you've brought your good old-fashioned copy of the Bible as I have, you can't change the translation, I guess, but you can follow along. It'll be similar. Um, but this morning, I want to take some time to look at a story uh, from Scripture uh, that is, is very much, I guess maybe like the story of somebody who's in prison or like the story of any of us who uh, are sinners. We're all sinners. We've all made mistakes. We've all uh, messed up. We all need God, God's grace. And I'm so thankful that this particular story uh, is recorded in Scripture for, for several reasons. And as we go through this this morning and unpack uh, a couple of things, I think you'll, you'll see where we're going. But we're going to be in the book of Mark in chapter 14 uh, specifically. And we're going to start reading in a minute in verse 27, but what's been taking place here in Mark chapter 14 before 
the verses that we're getting to is uh, the, the plot to kill Jesus um, is going on. Judas betrays Jesus uh, for 30 pieces of silver, which we're uh, familiar with that particular story. And then the Passover with the disciples takes place in the upper room that Jesus sits down for this last meal uh, with the disciples in um, as, and they take the Lord's Supper together and, and they're kind of going through um, that, that Passover meal together. And we're going to pick up reading this morning, uh, Mark chapter 14, uh, in verse uh, 27 uh, through 31. Mark 14, beginning in verse 27. So they're sitting there, uh, verse 26 actually says they'd, they'd sung a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then in verse 27, Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said, Peter said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. I think all of us this morning, much like Peter, we can probably relate to Peter, I think that all of us this morning, if we're honest, would, would like to think that we're a little bit better than that. You know? And I think Peter genuinely, I don't think he was just blowing smoke or just saying this to impress you know, the other disciples or to try to impress Jesus. I think Peter genuinely believed that he, he would not do that. That was the desire of his heart. That was the thought that was in his head is, you know, even if all these other people leave you and do that, I, I never will do that. I, I think he was being real in that moment. I think he thought that he was uh, a little bit better than that and uh, that he would be able to do, you know, what he really desired to do. And I think that if we're honest and if we're real and that's one of the things i love about new hope is you come in here and it's just it's a group of real people that just come together and worship and we recognize our brokenness and our shortcomings you go into some churches and it's like oh we're we're pretty much all perfect here and if you're perfect you can fit in with us you know be a part of our little perfect church and that's why i love coming into new hope it's just a group of real people who are passionate and who who get it and just want to serve god and and we just kind of all belong here regardless of our background regardless of you know the circumstances in our life or whatever it's a place that we can and, uh, belong. And so um, Jesus is telling Peter here that he's going to deny him three times, but Peter insists that he's, he's not going uh, to do that. And if you could come into prison with us, and maybe someday, maybe some of you will, we, it's an invitation to anybody here that wants to go in with us. We would love to have you go in and, and visit with us and do ministry with us at one of our events. Uh, but if you could come with us and you could go into prison and you could talk to inmates in there, uh, what you'll find is that none of them, you know, when they mapped out their five or ten year goals, not a single one of them ever said, you know, here, here's what we have in mind. In ten years where we see ourselves is in prison. Like none of them ever said that. They had lives they were living. They had goals that they were pursuing. Uh, they never intended to do uh, the things they did. Or, you know, maybe they, uh, maybe they intended to do some of the things they did, but they certainly didn't intend to get caught. You know, and that's the difference between some of them and us is either what they did was a more severe crime or some of us did things that we just didn't get caught. And if, if some of us had gotten caught on some of the things we did, maybe we would be there. Um, but you go in and you talk to these uh, inmates and you realize that they're real people who never intended to be there. It was never in their plans. It was never on their bucket list to be where they are. And just like Peter, I'm sure that if somebody had, had said something, you know, you're going to do this or you're going to mess up, or you're going to end up, you know, some of these people were maybe told you're never going to amount to nothing, you know, by their parents. Many of them were probably told that. 
And like Peter, they probably said, oh, yeah, just watch. I am going to amount to something. And then yet here they are. They're in prison. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't amount to something. You know, Jarrell, there's a bunch of stories we could tell you. Some of these guys in there, uh, one guy in particular who is 80 years old that we've met more than once at Grafton, serving a couple of life sentences, never, never going to get out of there. But the ministry that he does inside of that prison, the encouragement that he is to us personally every time we go there is incredible. He amounts to a lot. But his ministry and his life will uh, take place until his dying day behind the walls of Grafton uh, Correctional Institute. Um, But anyway, all all that to say that I think Peter was being real, just like we would be real, just like any of the inmates that we work with in prison would be real. It's not what they intended. It's not where they saw themselves. But Jesus is saying this is what's going to happen. And Peter says that it's not going to happen even if everybody else does that. Um, it's not going to happen uh, to me. So people set out with goals. People set out with directions, much like we have. And yet, as we sit here this morning, some of us know that the way our lives have turned out, uh, some of the things that are included in our past, some of the mistakes that we've made are things that we never set out to make those mistakes. They weren't goals of ours. They weren't where we saw ourselves. But, but the reality is part of who we are today is shaped by things that we didn't intend to do, we didn't mean to do, and yet we have done those things. Uh, because of our sinful nature. And the same thing happened um, to Peter. What's also interesting in this passage is that that Peter is no doubt uh, busy thinking about what he is going to say, and he misses completely the hope that Jesus is trying to give his disciples in verse 28. Go ahead and look again with me in verse uh, 28 here. Jesus says to them, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. So he's going to be, he's going to be crucified. The, the shepherd is going to be struck. The sheep are going to be scattered. But he says, but then after I raise up, and I think Peter completely misses it. He doesn't hear it at all because like you and I, sometimes when, when we're in a conversation, instead of really listening to what's being said, we're busy thinking about, here's what I'm going to say next. And so he's kind of waiting for his chance to jump in. I think he completely misses this statement of faith that Jesus is saying, but, I, but I'm going to be raised up again. I'm going to go before you to Galilee. But then Peter kind of gets his chance and he blurts out, you know, I'm, I'm never going to do that, Lord. I'm not going to uh, do that. And so I think that we can many times do the same thing where we're not really listening to what's going on. We're busy thinking about what we're going to do, how, how we're going to respond uh, to the next thing that we have to say. Now let's skip all the way down. A lot of other things are happening here, but let's skip down in the same chapter, Mark 14, to verse 66, and let's see later on here what, what actually transpires here in this story. Mark 14, verse 66. Um, it says, And as Peter was below in the courtyard, this is while Jesus is being questioned, he's before the council, Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, She looked at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. The reality is that sometimes, many times, maybe most times, following Christ is really hard. 
Standing up for what we believe in um, can be difficult. And like anyone else, the temptation for us to bow down to the pressure of that is overwhelming sometimes. Uh, From Scripture, we know that this is obviously not what Peter wanted. We've talked about that. This was not his goal. It wasn't his desire. It wasn't what he intended to do. But at this particular moment, seeing all that's going on, Peter is afraid and he doesn't know what to do. And the pressure was great. And oftentimes in those moments of greatest pressure, if we haven't kind of decided ahead of time and made certain, um, you know, solid lines of of what we're going to do, uh, we make the wrong decision. So you've all heard the phrase that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I think it's kind of what we're seeing here. I think Paul had the right intentions, but Paul had not made a concrete decision. And in a moment of great pressure, he makes the wrong decision here and he denies Christ. And it can happen to any of us. Uh, in fact, things have happened to all of us where we've made some of those decisions that we didn't intend uh, to make. So thinking back again to those that are in prison, uh, the truth is that, that they're there Uh, And we're not, like we said, because either they made a mistake greater than ours or they got caught um, at at what they did maybe. But we are all one really bad decision of being right where they are today. It could happen to any of us. But thankfully, there is hope. And because uh, because while we often think of Peter... As the one who denied Christ, when, when people talk about Peter, you know, just like, you know, maybe Thomas, another disciple, what do we think of when we think of Thomas? He's the doubter. Yeah, he's, he's, he gets, kind of gets labeled. So Peter, you know, he's, he's the one who denied Christ. Judas, he's the one that betrayed Christ. So you kind of get this track record. Well, there's, there's more to the story. There's more uh, to who that person uh, is. And, and thankfully, that is true for each one of us. We could all be labeled with some label. You know, this is so-and-so who did this, or this is so-and-so who made that mistake. Uh, But there's more to that story, and because God's grace is is greater, um, Peter has a story that goes on beyond us. But oftentimes when we think of Peter, we just think of this particular passage. I want us this morning, though, to jump over uh, to the New Testament, because if we fast forward 35 years, that's how long Pastor Todd and I have known each other, about 35 years. So there's a lot of history there. There are a lot of things that maybe Todd would like to tell about me or I'd like to tell about him, you know, 35 years ago. We won't go there. He's not here anyhow. It wouldn't be fair. But uh, we fast forward 35 years later, and we see more of Peter's story. The same Peter who denied Christ three times that we just read about also wrote two books of the Bible that we find in the New Testament, First and Second Peter. Um, so let's turn over now and read a few verses from the book of First Peter. We're going to be in, uh, in chapter 1 of First Peter. And let's just look together at verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. So Peter, the guy who, who has denied Christ you know, three times and said, I'll, I'll never leave you, and then he completely denies, I don't even know who you're talking about. 35 years later, he writes these words to believers everywhere. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Peter, if anybody ever comprehended this, I think Peter has fully comprehended how great God's mercy is. And he has also experienced God as his living hope. As as most of us do. If we have a saving relationship with Christ, I think we... We understand that, maybe not to the level that Peter did, maybe not to the level, uh, the, the guys in the video here, you know, again, uh, it seems like when we go into prison and we work with people who have 
understood the, the grace and the mercy of Christ and the hope that he gives, it seems like it's on a different level. Like we, we tell people all the time, um, when we first decided to go into prison, we had our own preconceived ideas of what people in prison would be like. As we went in to meet them, we thought, this is what that's going to be like. And boy, were we wrong. Um, it wasn't anything like we thought it was going to be like. So people ask me, what's it like when you go into prison? What are people like that you work with in there? My answer to them, seriously, is this. This is what I always say. I say, they're just like normal people, except they're nicer. Um, and, and that's the truth. You go into prison and you work with some of these guys that you saw in the video here, and they are so grateful. Their lives have been so radically transformed that even though they are locked behind bars and concrete and razor wire walls, they're the freest people we've ever met in our life, if they know Christ. Now, not all of them know Christ. I mean, so you could go in there and you could, you could interact with some really bitter, angry, nasty people in prison. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But those who have found Christ and chosen to follow him and be fully devoted to him are the freest people that we have ever met in our lives. Kind of like when we went to Haiti on a mission trip a number of years ago. And we met people who were living in, in just deplorable, almost less than human conditions. And you would go to church and worship with them. And the worship was just the most real, uh, just life-giving experience that you've had. And you're thinking, why, why is it that these people can worship God in that way? And we go home to our comfortable churches that have nice padded chairs and air conditioning and a great sound system. It's like, we, we don't seem you know, that appreciative. So kind of in that same way that they, they have now got it and grasp it. Um, that's what we experience when we go into prison to, to work with them. And I think that's where Peter is as he's writing this 35 years after this horrible, horrible decision um, that he had made in a moment of pressure that he just wasn't ready for. Um, he writes these words and he talks about the, the hope of Christ and the mercy of Christ. And he grasps it on a level that I think many of us just don't completely understand, maybe in the same way that Peter did or in the same way that maybe one of our incarcerated friends would understand that. Um, and so in, in, um, Matthew chapter 16 too, it's interesting. We're not going to turn over there right now, but in Matthew 16, verse 18, I was talking to a friend last evening and she reminded me as, as, cause I said I was preaching today. She said, well, what's the sermon on? So I was kind of telling her. And when I mentioned about Peter, she said, oh yeah, the, the same Peter. Cause I was saying, you know, he wrote first and second Peter and you know, he was, we know from the gospels how he denied Christ three times, but she said, yeah. And in Matthew 16, it's the same Peter that Jesus said to him, you, you are Peter, you are the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Um, you know, so Peter was used greatly by the Lord. And, and of course, you know, Jesus has these plans for him. Jesus knows the whole time, right? That, that he's going to deny him. He knows that he's going to write first and second Peter. You know, he knows the Lord knows everything, uh, from the beginning to the end. But in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, um, Jesus tells Peter, despite all the things he knows that he will do, that he's the rock and he will build uh, his church upon him. And so we also know now the incredible ministry uh, that Peter would have. And it's, it's encouraging to us because the good news for us is that God isn't looking for perfect people. If he was looking for perfect people to do ministry, there'd be no ministry. Uh, you know, there wouldn't be a New Hope Church if, if it was only for perfect people, you know. Because Todd started it. And again, I've known Todd 35 years. He's not perfect. So like he would have never started this. None of you would be here. He's not looking for perfect people, but he's looking for people um, who, even though they're, they're flawed and they're fallen, uh, he's looking for people who would fully embrace a relationship with him, who would truly realize that despite their shortcomings and despite how great their sin is, that they would grasp that God's grace is greater than that. 
Um, and then uh, let's turn over one, one other verse to look at this morning in Second Peter. So we're looking at kind of how he begins his first letter, but then the very final words of his second letter, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, these are the words that Peter ends his final letter, the, the, the conclusion of what he would write in Scripture uh, is summed up this way in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Uh, a word of encouragement, a prayer, if you will, to believers and followers everywhere. Peter says to them, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. What wonderful words of encouragement. And again, remembering who Peter is, remembering where he's been, remembering what he's done um, to get to this point in his life. And he writes such wonderful words of encouragement to every believer who would come after him. Um, such a great prayer, such a great desire uh, for even for us who would follow this, this long period after him uh, to grow in the grace and to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is so Important, You know, it's not about our accomplishments. Um, it's not trying to convince people that we're a good person. It doesn't matter how many followers or how many um, friends that we might have on Facebook or Instagram or how many likes we get on, you know, things that we post online or whatever. It's, it's not about how much money you have in the bank or how much money you give to the church or how much time you invest in the church. It's not about any of those things that sometimes we get caught up in trying to kind of make an image to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. You know, at the, at the end of the day, if you weigh out all of my good and bad, there's more good about me than there is bad about me. That's not true. I mean, sure, we do good things. There are moments where we get it right. But if we're honest, you know, we're, we're sinful people and our human nature is just a, a decrepit nature. You know, even Paul in Scripture says, you know, and we can relate to his words that the things I want to do, I find myself not being able to do, to do that. You know, what Peter wanted to do here, he desired to follow Christ. Even if everybody else doesn't, I'll still do that. But he didn't do that, did he? When he had the opportunity to do that, he, he failed. He fell short, just like we do uh, many times. But what's important is growing, continuing to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then also, um, when we mess up, uh, to, to realize that, that all of the glory... Uh, for everything, you know, because his, his grace is greater. When we mess up, his grace is there. And the, the song that we sang earlier, you know, not that we would take advantage of that, but that we would realize that his grace is going to cover any mistake that we have made, any mistake that we will made. You know, just, just because we know Christ at this point doesn't mean, okay, we're going to make all the right choices now. You know, that was before we knew Christ, or that was my, my old, that was my history in the past. Now I'm going to get it all right. No, we're not. It's our desire. But again, we overestimate, especially as guys, I find that. We overestimate our abilities of what, what we think we can do. And we don't, we don't uh, pull it off. We don't get it right all the time. But the, the glory goes to God. And, and when times are hard and when we do mess up, we realize that God loves us, that there is a tremendous hope. There is a redemption uh, in him. And even though we comprehend that our sin is great, uh, hopefully we all also understand that his grace is greater. And if you're here this morning, um, and, and maybe you're just in a place where you've, you've messed up recently, and you're just like, man, I, just, I feel so discouraged because I've messed things up, and I'm, I'm in a place where I wanted to do things right, and I've, I've fallen down again. This morning, my encouragement to you and my prayer for you, much like Peter was here, is just that God's grace is greater. And may you pick yourself back up today, wherever you are, and may you continue going in the right, may you make the, the next right step in this journey. You won't get them all right, 
uh, but put one foot in front of the other, kind of pull yourselves up, you know, and don't trust in your own power, but trust in God to help you make that next decision. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I, I don't know this, this God that you're, that you're talking about. I don't have a personal relationship with Christ. I'm working hard to try to do the right things, but I'm just exhausted because it's all me. Like, I'm just trying to do it because I don't know God. I don't have his Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't fully understand or grasp the power uh, that we have through Christ. And the good news is that Scripture tells us that all of us fall short of his glorious day. He has set a standard that's, that's perfection. You know, Jesus is perfect. And if you're here this morning and you're perfect, then you're good to go. You know, it's like you, you could go to heaven, you know, just because you're perfect. But if, if you're like all of us and you're not perfect, uh, then you can't get there on your own power because God says that none of us are perfect. We all fall short of that mark and that standard that has been set. So the only way that we can get to heaven then is to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made. He died on a cross for our sins to take that, that penalty on himself for things that he didn't do that he knew that we would do, and we accept him as our sacrifice in our place. That's how we know the Lord. And maybe you're here this morning, and you've been trying to figure out for a long time, how come I just can't get this right? How come no matter how hard I try, I just can't do this? It's because you can't do it on your own. You can only do it through a relationship with Christ. So I'm going to ask uh, whoever's coming back up here. I assume we have a song. So come back up here. And I always like to uh, think of the, the closing of the service as kind of a time of reflection. So as, as, we, as we have some music and as we kind of close out this morning, I just want to encourage you, um, first of all, to, to be encouraged that we're all in the same boat here, that we've all messed up just like Peter. Uh, but, you know, to look 35 years later at, at the words that Peter would write, you know, only God knows where you're going to be 35 years from now. But trust him in that journey. Um, fully understand, uh, try to fully understand. You'll never fully comprehend it, but try to understand his love and grace and the hope that he gives to you. But if you're here this morning, you just feel like you need to come forward and pray or have someone pray with you. Or if you're here and you realize that you need to entrust your life to Christ this morning or you're watching online and you realize that you need to do that, I would just invite you to do that uh, during this closing song, this time of reflection uh, that we have. And for those of you who are here with us in person, if you want someone to come up and pray with you this morning, I know that there's a a number of people here that would be happy to do that um, this morning. So God bless you.